people, 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 good morning, good morning, good morning. You already know who it is. It's Arsenio Buck reporting live from Bangkok. Oh my God, I'm losing it this morning. Guys, welcome back to the Arsenio Buck Show, and I am so happy to bring to you along today the second part of the Joker mask. I hope I'm not too loud for these people who are probably living next door to me, but I do not give a damn. You know what, guys? Ah, there were some quotes, of course, in Lewis Ho's book, and he said, like many people, I want to avoid being the dark cloud in other people's lives, so I pretend things are sunny, even when they are obviously not, so I keep things light or at surface level. I want to talk about other people. I want to focus on other people's challenges because focusing on my own feels more vulnerable, but see, that's just it. If you focus on other people and do something for other people, you're going to ultimately relinquish the effects that depression actually gives off. See, depression is kind of like uh, an intensified adjective, right? You know, the basic the, the, the basic adjective to that is sad. See, we have feelings of sad, feelings of anxiousness, stress. And of course, that ultimately all, you know, goes into depression. And then that ultimately, you know, goes into suicide and a lot of other things. But guys, it's just that. I just believe that if you actually do for other people, you can ultimately banish that. See, think about it. Think about it. See, I'm a, you know what? No. I'm going to look back on the most depressed moments of my life. Okay. I remember the five minutes. I've told you guys many of times, five minutes in that taxi going around in circles in a place called Don Mung here in Thailand, and I re- literally felt like a speck to the planet. I felt like, I felt like I was nothing, like I was just a shade. And remember, I sent my best friend Andre that message saying, hey, you know what? I feel like I'm not wanted on this planet anymore. I told him just that. But within five minutes, I banished that, just just like that, because you know what? I was going to an interview And when I went to an interview, I saw another African teacher there and I went up to him and I said, man, if they give you or I the job, I am content. And they gave him the job and I celebrated and I got a job just a day later. And all those effects. And that was the last time I was probably depressed. Now, yes, going back to November of last year, those were some very, very hard. You know, there was a week where it was just so many things happening. I wasn't going to get a job here or over there. And then, you know, this girl ended up deciding to, you know, leave my life and all these oh, ridiculous things. But I looked back and I said, man, what is it that I'm feeling right now? What is it that I am feeling right now? And you know what? I realized, oh, oh, wait, 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 wait. If I actually go back, let me see. Romantic relationships. It took a seven point, it was just a seven point plummet. It went from being 7 out of 10 to 0 out of 10. Friends and hobbies fell completely. And then I realized, oh, I understand what's going on. So what can I do right now? You know what I did right then and there instantaneously? I went on an application. I started talking to people. I started meeting new people. And I did. Now, those people probably stayed in my life from anywhere between 24 hours to probably 120 hours. And they left, but they were, they came into my life to fulfill a purpose of me getting out of that emotional, uh, that emotional mango, that, that, that emotional state of mind. See guys, man, in 2014, man, I had that personal vendetta, you know, that personal vendetta against me saying, oh, I'm just African-American. I'm just a shade. I'm just a shade, you know? And of course in 2009, when that Filipino girl left me. And I still remember I was in Starbucks pleading to her, saying, give me a second chance. Oh, please, 
Give me a second chance. I will banish all demons from my soul. <laughs> she dumped me. Uh, we walked out to the, uh, the car and she was like, I'm sorry, I just have to let you go. Now, I remember I had ridiculous amount of dreams that night. I walked home from that Starbucks, which was like, oh my God, it was on Pecos and Cheyenne. If those Las Vegas people are listening to me that right now, you guys know where that is. But guys, man, this was like a one and a half hour walk. I walked all the way home. And I was talking to this Filipino girl that I barely just knew. Her name was Chandra. She was like, oh my God. And she came into my life and she planted the seed. She said, I'm going to get you out of this rut. And that after you get out of this rut, you are going to be able to scamper along in your life, Arsenio. And she did just that. Thank you very much. And shout out to Chandra. Because of course, she was only in my life for that short amount of time. But guys, again, for those two months, man, I was depressed. I was depressed. And I still remember I was out on the strip one night and we had these big old things. And Chandra, she had a family from Hawaii. And, and we were just, and next thing you know, I started listening to Atlantic Star. For If you guys know that song, it's called Always. And they were singing, oh my God, man. I was so sad. I was like, oh my God, I miss her so much. I woke up that next morning. And I was like, oh, and you know what? I listened to Brian McKnight, One Last Cry. Oh, my God. If you guys heard that song, oh, my goodness gracious. And I was like, oh, God, I still miss her. And then April came. And a girl came into my life, and she banished that feeling from me. You know, I didn't know there was no courses online. There were no things online. There was no YouTube. There was only one YouTube channel, and it was this Italian guy, I think. And he was the only one. And he spoke about it for probably 10.3 seconds. In terms of how to get over a relationship. Now, of course, that's very, very easy now. Because I could go on YouTube right now and I can figure out, oh, I could. Well, actually, I know all the necessary tools. I don't have to go on YouTube to figure that out. But just telling you guys, man, we go through these moments. You know, in 2003, my mom lost her job. Had one girl, you know, by the name of Adriana RC, you know, Adriana. She let, you know, she ended up messing with another guy. And this other girl named Maria, she ended up messing with another guy. And going into that Christmas, boy, I was sad, and I started developing anger problems. Then finally, I joined track and field in late February of 2004, and my life changed forever. Oh, see, guys, man, this, this is why I'm so happy that I ended up reading that Dale Carnegie's book, How to Stop Worrying and Start Living, because there's a story that I mentioned you guys in yesterday's podcast, and I'm going to tell you guys today. The story of Mrs. Moon. And it goes something like this. In December of whatever year you want to name it as, she was literally engulfed in a feeling of sorrow and self-pity. After several years of being happily married, she lost her husband. And you know what? Those Christmas holidays started approaching. Her sadness deepened. She had never spent a Christmas alone in her life. And she dreaded to see this Christmas come. So you know what? She had friends inviting her to different Christmas parties with them. And she was like, you know what? I just didn't feel up to it. She knew that that wet blanket, you know, she would just be a wet blanket at a party. So she refused all those invitations. And as Christmas Eve approached, she was more overwhelmed with the self-pity. True. She said she should have been thankful for all the things that she had in her life, but she wasn't. So the day before Christmas, she left her office at 3 p.m. in the afternoon. She started walking aimlessly on a street, such as me driving aimlessly on a moped. A motorcycle is what they call it out here in Thailand, in Nakonsi Tamarat, after... Applying for all those jobs and not getting one response. You know what? She was hoping that she would hopefully banish all that self-pity. Self-pity, yeah, that's it. Self-pity and melancholy. And you know what? The Avenue at that time, of course, it was jammed with all these happy crowds because, it was, of course, it was just a day before Christmas. And you know what? Those scenes, it brought back memories of her, those happy years. 
that were ultimately gone. And you know what? She just couldn't bear the thought of going home lonely to an empty apartment. And I felt that too. Trust me. She was bewildered, also known as confused. And you know what? She didn't know what to do. And she just couldn't keep the, you know, the tears back. So after walking aimlessly for about an hour or so, she ended up finding herself in front of a bus terminal. And she remembered, she remembered at that time that her husband often boarded on that bus to an unknown, you know, an unknown, an unknown place for an adventure. So she boarded the first bus that she found, this, you know, and that she found at the station. And of course, she went across the Hudson River, where, of course, that plane landed just probably several years ago and whatnot. And she said she was just riding for some time. And then the conductor said, you know what? Last stop, lady. She got off. She didn't even know the name of the town that she was in. It was a quiet, little, peaceful little place. And while waiting for the next bus home, she started walking up a residential, you know, a street. And she passed a church. And she heard these beautiful strains of silent night. You see, you guys know that song. I'm not even going to try to express my vocals this early in the morning because I will make a fool of myself. But you know what? The church was empty. And she sat down unnoticed, you know, you know, on, you know, those little benches and whatnot. And people didn't even realize it. And the lights were on and decorated Christmas tree and, you know, all the decorations and, you know, the stars were dancing and all this stuff. You know, she was just explaining very descriptively, descriptively the environment she was in and she fell asleep on that bench and you know what she woke up there were two small children who had apparently come in to see the christmas tree too one said hey i wonder if santa claus brought her and the lady woke up and the children they were just so terrified and the lady of course she went on to say she said hey you know what i'm not gonna hurt you and she said, you know, the, the girls, of course, you know, or the boy, the girl, whatever you want to call them, they were poorly dressed. And she asked them where the mother, the mother and the daddy were. And the children responded and said, we ain't got no mother and daddy. They said they were orphans. They made her feel ashamed of her sorrow, the self-pity. And you know what? She went on to buy them food and refreshments. And then instantaneously, in that very instant, she banished all depression see in this book of course you know going back to of course lewis lewis ho's um lewis ho's book and whatnot in the book they they keep saying you know we keep masking the problem but the thing is i have to disagree because the thing is ultimately if you make other people happy and you do for other people you can ultimately realize that depression is nothing but a thought see guys i was depressed I was depressed when I walked into the Remnants War Museum in the middle of Ho Chi Minh City and seeing the United States soldiers holding skin of a Vietnamese civilian saying, oh, these are just Viet Congs. I was depressed because these people's lives were ultimately just just completely taken away from a foreign a foreign monster. And of course, a lot of people would say they were just doing their job. Agent Orange. If you guys know about that, you could Google, uh, Google it. The United States Army sprayed all these crops somewhere around Da Nang of Agent Orange. And that, in those effects, man, these, 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 uh, the, of course, the babies that were born, you know, for the number of, you know, a couple of decades going forward, they all had birth defects, three eyes. Big heads, elephant hiasses, you, you know, a lot of different things. Elephant hiasses, like kind of like the Chernobyl effects, you know. Of course, that big disaster that happened in Ukraine. 
and I'm looking at this and it's crazy because I'm going back to myself and I'm thinking I, I was just so full of anger. I was so full of deceit because, of course, you know, in my American history books, they taught, you know, they taught us, oh, you know, the Vietnam War and these Vietnam War vets wearing the hats, you know, so proudly saying, I served in Vietnam War and you killed a lot of people. I was so depressed by that. But you know what? That has nothing to do with me. See, that's the circle of concern. And if you allow the circle of concern to, go, you know, just literally control you, that could also be a harmful effect and, you, you know, throwing you into a big state of melancholy. Lewis Hose, he went on to say, he said, beneath the jokes is often a sadness or some problem. Going back to the jokes, of course, and Robin Williams, he said, behind the mask, no matter how funny or entertaining is a real person. See, there was a psychologist by the name of Edward Dreyfus. He said, puts, puts it even more directly. He said, perhaps we should listen more attentively to those who hide behind the mask of humor. Perhaps we should be asking them to whom do they turn to make them laugh? Perhaps we should spend a little bit more effort in seeing the person behind the mask. See, if we had listened to what Robin Williams was saying behind the mask, I wonder what we would have learned. See, but Robin Williams, he was just expressing joy. That's all I really truly believe. And honestly, we don't know why Robin Williams ultimately ended up killing himself. And a lot of people would say, depression. And this is why I love Tom Cruise so much, because he is part of that Scientology. And he said, listen, you know how bad Adderall is? And one of my friends, Kenny, he calls them, S uh, what is it, SSRI drugs? I forgot what they call them. But these drugs ultimately give you thoughts of killing people. And there was this person that ultimately told a doctor, one of the dentists, or he's actually one of the deans at the University of Nevada, Las Vegas. He told him, you know what? I've been having, you know, since taking these drugs, you know, these antidepressants, I've been having thoughts of killing my father. And that doctor said, yeah, that's what these drugs do. And that's why... Tom Cruise, like almost 10 years ago, ended up having a very, very heated exchange with, of course, you know, a, a, a sexual harassment guy on, what is it, NBC? I don't even know. What, who gives a damn? And he was ended up having a heated destruction. He's like, do you know what, how harmful the effects is of Adderall? But the thing is, you could cure everything with just the essential vitamins, nutrients, minerals. And then next thing you know, Dr. Mark Hyman came out and talked about that. And he said, you know what? If we could put more into our diet rather than just giving these horrific drugs that were exposed and continue to be given out by the FDA. See, everything is put on this planet for us to consume. And the thing is, we're lacking a lot of different vitamins, nutrients, and minerals. And with that, things start happening. So I'm going to tell you what the authors are. Says She said, so many comedians, funny people will tell you that they grew up feeling hopelessly inadequate Hideously ugly, impossibly fat, meekly small, and direly insignificant. These deep-rooted insecurities are what provided them with a diehard desire and unrelenting ambition to be seen, respected, and accepted by their peers. Society will accept you for your flaws. So long as you're funny, taking on the role as the class clown at school is the ultimate way for the incessantly bullied kid to gain popularity. End quote. I do not believe that. Lewis Hose went on to, of course, say, quote, humor becomes the ultimate mask, one that gets you what you've always wanted, acceptance, for being the opposite of what you've always been different. Not surprisingly, this detachment from the emotions and the identity hidden behind the mask can be, you know, have profound effects on a relationship, on professional life, 
and on overall happiness. Now, I do agree. There have been a lot of people. There was this one kid uh, by the name of Ricardo. And you know what? Every time he saw me, he would say just nasty things. But when I look at him, you would see that maybe there's something wrong with this kid. Maybe he does have birth defects by the way his face looks. And I he does fit this description. I'm going to I'm going to be honest right now because this just came to mind. And that and that kid does fit the description. You know what? There was another kid. He would just crack jokes on everyone. African American, he was darker than night. Who cares? Uh darker, whiter doesn't really matter. But I mean, this guy was literally, you know, he, he was he was pretty dark. But he would make fun of everyone saying black this, black that. And I'm like, "You're darker than me though." And you know what? Again, if you go back to his family, completely disjointed completely dysfunctional so i do see it from that perspective now that i think about it but again robin he did have those problems he did have the alcoholism problems and a couple other problems and whatnot but what about kevin hart also kevin hart he grew up not having enough either and so if we really sit down and think about this these people um Kevin Hart, I don't believe he's masking a problem. Well, no, 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 let's get, let's get back into this now. Because Kevin Hart, of course, he's been caught cheating a lot on his girlfriends over the past, what, 10 years or whatnot. Now, I don't really care about this. This is the circle of concern. But now that I'm, think about it, this comedian who is so funny and he talks about inspiring and, you know, doing all this and jokes and stuff, he still continues to do the same things that his father has done. You see what I mean? Hey, I'm just saying, it's kind of like my brother. Now, of course, my brother, he tried, you know, now my father was a very, very funny person. He could make a complete, uh, you know, uh, an entire, an entire bus erupt in laughter. But my father had a drug problem. If I look at my brother right now, my brother is following the footsteps of my father. He has two kids that aren't even his and he supports them. He gets angry. He gambles just like my father. And he drinks alcohol just like my father. No offense to people that, you know, I drink alcohol, but probably like once every blue moon. He drinks it like five times a week. You see what I mean? These, I mean, you really just have to go to the root of the problem, people. I'm just not, I'm not just, you know, saying all these things because, you know, um, I'm perfect. I'm not perfect. I'm telling you my story. I've told you guys how many times I have failed in so many different ways. And, and how I was angry when I was younger and whatnot, but... You got to go to the root of the problem. See, that's why I love that movie, Antoine Fisher, because, of course, he wasn't funny, but he had an anger issue. He had to go all the way back and meet his biological mother to relinquish those demons. So, I mean, if you look at it, look, at, you know, at the Kevin Hart's, the this, the that, they've had those problems in the past. And, of course, he's a comedian and a lot of people look up to him. But again, now he's becoming such a big, iconic figure that. He's going out partying, drinking, this and that, and he's getting in a lot of problems, you know, you know, in terms of, you know, his, you know, wife problems and, you know, cheating on people. I'm just saying, guys, I'm just saying, I mean, this is, he's a comedian. And if we just look at it and go to the roots, you're going to find your answer. So. Of course, this is going to be a little bit ambiguous and uh, we'll end in this podcast right now. But I'm just going to th that is going to make you think a little bit, guys. Think about it. I want you to think about it throughout this day. So 
<sighs> with that being said, that's the end of part two of this podcast. Napoleon Hill's coming up tomorrow, I promise, and I will be doing it live too. I've been on fire. What the hell is going on? Okay, sorry. I just hit something. Uh, yeah, so if you guys stay tuned for everything, again, thank you so much for tuning in. Big shout out to everyone in Bangkok. You guys have come on strong. And it's good to be had, and it's had to be good, and then you know what? It's good to be heard. And everyone else listening around the world, and especially shout out to my, of course, my, one of my best, well, I wouldn't say best friends, but my best listeners, proud listeners for over the last two years from San Antonio, Texas. Vanessa, she's come back, and I'm so happy. I'm sorry, not Vanessa, Veronica. I'm terrible, terrible, I'm butchered it, whatever. I'm just really, really thankful right now, this morning. Got things happening in my life. In terms of, you know, oh, job this, job that. But you know what? Everything is going to fall into place. I just need to be on the same frequency as everything. With that being said, guys, stay tuned for the next podcast. Guys, we're going to be ending it uh, in terms of Napoleon Hill books. Napoleon's Hill book. I'm going to be doing a new book series in terms of Gary Vee. That's going to be coming up. I'm actually going to write a blog on that. And that's going to debut tomorrow along with the podcast. So, huh. Can't wait, can't wait. Napoleon Hill's book, I only have one lesson left, and that's the golden rule, lesson 15. And then we're going to sum it up, and that's going to be the end of it. So, it's going to be a sad moment, guys. But I do hope I helped you guys along the way. So, with that being said, guys, have a wonderful morning, afternoon, and evening. As always, this is your host, Arsenio, the Arsenio Buck Show. Over and out.